Welcome to Practice Makes Podcast. This is a self-improvement podcast with insights on issues that we deal with in our day-to-day lives. I'm Tyler Kingsbury. And I'm your host, Jordy Wofford. Nine out of ten dentists agree that Practice Makes Podcast is excellent for combating combating <laughs> tooth decay and preserving your enamel. Wow. Thank you for listening and joining us this week. I didn't know that fact. That definite well, now you do. fact that you pulled from somewhere very resourceful. Yeah, the tenth dentist was a holdout, just couldn't get him to agree to it and had the other nine dentists scowl at him and he just left the room awkwardly. But <laughs> he stuck by his principles. I respect him for that. Yeah, I mean what what really do you have if you don't stick by your principles? Exactly. Yeah. You know, nothing. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there are no right and wrong answers. Maybe everything is just up to interpretation. Well, speaking of principles, <laughs> I was wondering, how is our 10-day challenge going? <laughs> you were. Yeah. <laughs> you were just Because kidding. I'm not aware. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yes. How is it? So we quit drinking... Uh, or we're abstaining from drinking for 10 days as of last Wednesday. And today is the following Wednesday. So it's been seven days. Yep, it's been a little longer for me. I stopped a couple of days before that, but I officially started the 10 day challenge with you last Wednesday. And I feel like I'm still going strong. There's been a few moments of temptation, but generally the people around me have been pretty understanding and supportive. And we talked about this the other night, but I've resorted to drinking non-alcoholic beer. I don't know if that counts as cheating or not, but... I don't think it's cheating. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's been helping me, so... Do you think that it increases your temptation or lowers it? Uh, Well, for me, it's been lowering it because it gives me that kind of placebo effect of having liquid in my mouth. (laughs) And... (laughs) So I guess I, maybe in a sense, I'm more psychologically addicted to uh, drinking than anything else because mm. I I almost feel buzzed off of it. Yeah. I think a lot of, I mean, any addiction is probably pretty psychological. That's just my opinion. But I don't, yeah, I mean, well, I guess it's physical, like if it's meth, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever it is, if you're lighting that meth pipe or you're lifting that glass of beer to your mouth it's a physical action that you're used to doing so yeah i guess as long as i'm having that physical action without the negative impact of having an altered state then yeah you know that's something when i think about like because i've been very tempted lately too and part of it is like that helps me get through it is like reflecting on it It's going to make this feeling feel better. It's going to make me feel all squishy and nice inside. And uh, I'm going to relax. And the reality is, like, if I think that through, the reality is that I'm not going to just have one drink. I'm going to have, like, three. And it's going to be, like, 800 calories. It's going to make me feel gross the more days I do that in a row because my belly is going to be 
um, gassy. less cute. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, gassy too. Um, and then, um, I'm going to wake up and I'm, and I'm going to be a little less useful the next day. And so ultimately it, it's, it doesn't quite weigh out like as a beneficial solution to that situation. Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but what I've been going through is each time I've had the urge, I've just had to remind myself, think about how good I feel now and how I don't have a hangover. I don't feel that kind of dreadful guilt. I don't I don't know why, but I feel really guilty. I feel like I did something bad yeah. the day after. Same. Like I feel like I broke somebody's TV or something <laughs> like that, even though nothing happened. <laughs> and I, I just remind myself that, you know, I'm doing okay. I don't need this. And so far that's been able, along with the non-alcoholic beer, of course, to yeah. keep me from going back. Yeah. I wanted to find something to like relax me that isn't hot tea. Like, I, I like the idea of tea because I feel like it's a good, um, it, it's similar, you know, but it's hot. Like, I want to find something cold. Like, I think they make uh, wine. Like, it tastes like wine, but it's not wine. Maybe that. It's just crazy expensive. Yeah. Do you think you'll have a drink after the 10 days or uh, do you think you'll? As of, like, yesterday, I was thinking, oh, I just want to get through this so that I can have a beer because it sounds really good. But then when I think about how many good effects it's been having on me to not drink, it's like it's been easier to wake up. I'm less irritable. I have more time and energy to do the things that I actually want to do because I find myself, I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to practice guitar. I'm going to practice piano. I'm going to collaborate with my friend, um making these songs or whatever it is I'm going to write, I'm going to exercise more. All of those things kind of go to the back burner when I'm drinking because instead of playing guitar, yeah. I drink. I'm like, oh, I'll have a drink and play guitar. And then I don't play guitar. <laughs> um, I've already lost weight, even though I've been craving sugar like crazy. I've been eating a lot of candy. Yeah, I've been craving sugar like crazy. I want all the cookies. That's my, my go-to. Yeah, I eat chocolates and, like, licorice and gummies and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, I feel bad. I feel like, on one hand, I'm dropping one bad habit for another. But I guess in the meantime, I've just been saying, well, let's just tackle one thing at a time here and let's tackle the big elephant in the room, which is the drinking. So. Yeah. I wonder if it's easier... I mean, it probably depends on the person, but um, to quit something that doesn't alter your state of mind. Like if you transition to um, eating sugar uh, a little too much, not like if you're not binging and, and just like eating all the sugar and um, not even thinking, then I would imagine that when it comes down to it, you could say, I need to cut back on the sugar rather than just like with drinking where it completely alters your state of mind. You really aren't coherent enough to say, I should cut back. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. 
like I'm, I'm with you on that, that I've been way more productive since I've stopped drinking. I'm able to study and go on a walk and get about my day. And, you know, even though I might be substituting sugar a little bit, I can still do things like that when I'm eating candy. Yeah. So I guess for the time being, I'm, I'm choosing the lesser of two evils. I mean, statistically sugar is really bad for you, but uh, I know at least yeah. I don't wake up on the sidewalk the next day. Right. After yeah. Sugar. What's, what's worse? I mean, sugar turns into cancer a lot of the time. I mean, it feeds cancer. Cancer loves it, but ultimately like day to day, if you're drinking too much, I feel like that has an immediate negative effect on you. Not you, but, you know, everybody. And you. <laughs> on one. <laughs> on one. On the the average person. But thinking about that, uh, this kind of bridges, I, I thought this kind of bridged into what today's topic was going to be about the the difference i feel uh i've i've tried to stop, to stop drinking before in the past uh and what the difference that i feel between then and now is that i feel like when i was trying to stop drinking before i was just doing it because people were criticizing me and i felt that that was the thing to do in order to make them leave me alone or to make them happy or to stop thinking less of me. Mm. Whereas this time I felt a genuine desire from within to stop and take a break. Mm. And since today's episode is about people pleasing, <laughs> I was wondering maybe what you had to think about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I definitely find with myself and others that you can't tell someone to stop doing something they kind of have to find the inspiration on their own and that's like as a coach working with other people it was I mean so everyone's different though there are people that they at least say that they want someone to just be a drill sergeant and tell them that they have to do it but what I find yep, sometimes I feel I need that. Yeah. But what I find with that is, is what you're talking about that they're not doing it of their own volition. It's only for that moment. And then the second you're not looking at them anymore, they go back to whatever habits they don't want to be doing, but they find themselves doing anyway. So I think the ultimate goal, um, as a coach and also, in yourself is to find that inspiration, find what's important to you and relate it to that. Um, and so maybe that's what's happened to you. Yeah. I think in an ideal world, maybe <laughs> there you, you could always have that drill sergeant following you around, getting you out of bed in the morning and yeah. slapping, slapping you on the wrist every time you were doing something wrong. But in the real world, I mean, you're on your own and there's not going to be someone holding your hand. So Right. That's like those, um, what is it? Those, those contests or whatever, the biggest loser and stuff like that. I, yeah. A lot of the time that people put all the weight back on afterwards. Is yeah. What happens. And it's because of the environment is like, you know, drill sergeant territory and then you leave and it's like people like, you see it in the military, people in the military 
their bodies are freaking chiseled and it's because they're that's all they do all day and that's what they're told to do all day that's like their purpose is to become a machine and then they leave the military and obviously they're not going to be doing the same thing so <clears throat> yeah it's um yeah you have to well you i'm glad i have you as my accountability buddy but uh we have <laughs> we, I have we, you. we <laughs> you've been so we, helpful yeah, we've we've done good so far, but we also have to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, I think that it's uh, just knowing that I have to report to you. Not that, you know, it's like if I was to drink, uh, and and I come back to you and I'm like, oh, I drank. Like you're gonna drink too, and so we're like we're holding each other up. It, it, yeah, I'd feel like I'd be letting you down if yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't want to let you down, and um. I know that I'm going to hear from you and that really helps. So I wanted to mention though, like I want to start a goals group that other people can do stuff like this and, and join the group on Facebook, uh, practice makes podcast group and we'll start a goals group. And I was thinking, um, I'm still like trying to put the logistics together, but maybe we could do like a, a zoom meeting every so often, or we can pair off into, into buddies. Um, there's a girl at work that's already agreed to go along and her goal is going to be to play piano every night. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so the goals, uh, have to be like measurable to the extent of if you, like, if your goal is to lose weight, you have to pick a specific thing to get to that point. So it can't just be, I want to lose weight or I want to lose five pounds. It has to be like, what is it, what are you going to do to change your habits so that you get closer to that arbitrary number? So you're going, going to eat a, a walk salad every, every day. Yeah. Something like that. So if anyone's interested join the group, comment and let us know. I think if I get five people, we'll do the zoom meeting, but less than that. Um, maybe we'll still do the zoom meeting, but I think like, Maybe even more than five is like too much right now, but um, we'll maybe we'll maybe grow it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't know if we could record it and make an episode out of that. Might that not everyone might want to do that? Oh yeah, we we could start a YouTube channel. Yeah, though, or are we? I mean, yeah, it's probably better if we keep it private um, for people's privacy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that whole thing. Um. So people pleasing, we've talked a lot about this, this 10 day goal. So it's almost like we should make this episode about that, but (laughs) it's only been about 20 minutes. No, but yeah, people pleasing. Well, I'm kind of glad we talked about the 10 day challenge because that kind of made me realize the thing about people pleasing is that I, I, I went into thinking about the subject as thinking it was only a negative thing we like we just try and please people and try and get other people's approval so that they won't judge us and have negative thoughts about us but like thinking about how you've been supporting me through the 10 day challenge and everything i i want your approval or yeah. I, I want to please you and because <laughs> it's a mutually beneficial thing yeah and it's also an altruistic thing like i don't want oh. you to feel bad or feel let down so i don't i don't think i i guess i would want to start off by saying people pleasing isn't always a negative thing yeah i think there are a lot of negative connotations to that that's a good observation i didn't even think of that 
Um, one thing I thought about this week when we were thinking about the topic of people pleasing um, was that I think part of what my people pleasing comes from, I- I'm fairly certain, actually almost 100% certain that it comes from insecurity and yep, yep. like severe insecurity in some cases where um, if I have upset someone or if someone appears to not like me, that it just wrecks me. Mm-hmm. It's a horror. I've, I'm the same way. It's just this awful feeling to think that someone at work or someone I see at school or whatever situation that they might not like me. I don't know why, but it just tears me up inside. <laughs> yeah. Well, in like a solution that I found for that, I still haven't read the book, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But I've heard really good things about it, so I maybe should read it. Um, Who wrote that? Oh, I'm not good with... uh, uh, Oh, it's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. But I'm not good with authors. Oh, Mark Manson? Whoa, Manson. That sounds scary. Because Charles Manson, if you didn't pick up on that. Oh, I always think Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. That too. Um, But a solution that I found is that you basically assume that let you let people show you who they are rather than because what I've done so many times is I meet someone new and I'm like, ooh, be on my best behavior. Make sure they know that uh they can be safe around you and smile a lot and make them laugh, make them feel comfortable, especially if I was meeting my male friends' girlfriends. And I, I do feel like that's kind of necessary because they're going to be intimidated by their male friends having a female friend. And so I latch on to them and I try to make them feel <clears throat> like they're my new best friend and I want them to make them feel comfortable, which I don't think that's a bad thing. But internally, it can, in other circumstances, be so... Draining. Yeah. And something that you did, because you would have a lot of female friends, and then one of your female friends would get a boyfriend, and you said that it kind of just seems like um, they're always just, like, unnecessary. Like, they don't add a lot to the equation. (laughs) They're not... (laughs) I feel bad when that happens. <laughs> they're like they're like not funny. They don't really have much to say. And and so you're looking at the situation. You're saying like, impress us, you know, rather than saying like we need to impress him because it's her boyfriend and like we need to make a good impression. You're saying like why isn't he trying to make an impression on us? And I think thinking of it in that way when you when you have someone that maybe seems like they don't like you, it's like well then if then don't. Like, why Why should I like you, though? Why should I care that you like me? Like, show me who you are. What's so great about you that I should care so much that you like me? Yeah, and then sometimes when that happens, though, I get in my mind that it becomes this type of emotional Mexican standoff. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't have to impress you. You need to impress me. <laughs> no, you need to impress me. And so I, I work that over in my mind and it just gets worse and worse. And I'm just like, okay, fine. I'm just going to lay down, get on my knees and try and make this person love me. Yeah. Um, I guess 
so I guess I learned this in LA, so it wasn't all bad when I lived there, but um, you don't have to like everyone, and you don't have to be nice to everyone, and you don't have to smile at everyone. Um, I think that's part of being authentic, you know, and, and being in a situation where um, I was a young lady um, living in a big city with people, you know, that murder people. I, I know that's everywhere, but, you know, rapists, they're all, I've been listening to a murder podcast. I'm sorry. So I'm on this a little bit, but people, you know, we, so many times as women, we will want to be nice or polite and against our own, uh, mental health or well-being. So if we're being nice to someone that's being fucking cruel to us, that is hurting our mental health. And that's well, somewhere in the back of your mind. You're afraid of what the repercussions will be if you don't please this person or make them. Yeah. And then, or like make them like you. Yeah. I remember the day it shifted from me smiling and being nice to everyone to scowling at everyone. And now they have to prove themselves to me, meaning like out in public or on the subway or the bus was when I smiled and said hi to a homeless gentleman who uh, then followed me um, because that was like an in for him to talk to me. And and I was like, oh, nope, never again. <laughs> <laughs> never again. <laughs> it, it uh, you know, I obviously, you know, I feel sad for people like that but that doesn't mean I need to be polite and nice because I don't I don't need to be polite and nice to anyone I think one thing that makes it that will really determine to what extent I will try to people please is if I'm essentially forced to have this person in my life and around me mm. like if it's a coworker or somebody that goes to the same group as I do or a neighbor or something like that. If it's someone that I'm really forced to meet and see every day, then that's where a lot of the anxiety will kick in. Like, Oh no, I have to have this person like me. I have to get along and be friends with this person because if not, then it's just going to be awkward and weird and it's going to create a toxic environment. Whereas if it's somebody I, I just don't know if it's somebody just, passing by on the street I, I'll have a lot less pressure right. and need to to people please them and chances are I'll tell them to fuck themselves <laughs> well, so when, with that like, why is it your responsibility to make sure the relationship goes well why, why is none of the responsibility on the other person well there is responsibility on the other person and I think that goes back to what I was saying about like the Mexican standoff dilemma. It's, <laughs> I, I tend, I guess I, I, I'm really a person of compromise. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one thing about me, or at least I feel is that the second I feel like there's an argument happening or some kind of a conflict, I will, I don't have the energy hmm. to invest in it. And I will almost immediately roll over and make a compromise or, let the person have their way. And so I think maybe like on an emotional level, if the second I detect like a hint of this person 
not liking me or judging me, I will just go, Oh no, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, what, what can I do to make you feel better about yourself? Yeah. One thing that I was thinking about too, is that when we do that, we're interpreting something they've done or the way that their face looks and they haven't said anything a lot of the time in this case. So another thing that I was trying to um, work on to get this out of my system is like, let them tell you if you're doing something wrong instead of always trying to make sure everyone is always happy. Like let people be assertive around you. Like if they have a problem, they need to speak up about it and, if they're being passive aggressive, like you're going to start to notice things like that. But ultimately a lot of what we do is we create what they're thinking about us in our heads. I think. Yeah. I, that's a really good point. That's one thing I wanted to say is I think a lot of people pleasing comes from us thinking that we're more important than we actually are. <laughs> yeah. We tend to think of ourselves as being the center of the whole world right. and that everyone is always talking and thinking about us. Whereas in reality, the people around us probably don't give us two thoughts no. out of the day. They could just and, be looking grumpy because they like look like that or something. Yeah. They might be in a bad mood. Maybe they'll say something mean or sarcastic to you and you'll just, extrapolate from there and take the to be the the summary of your whole relationship with that oh they hate me they hate me it's over yeah. but it, it's it's like a, a failure to see things from other people's point of view and to realize that I'm, I'm sorry to tell everyone this but we're not as important as we think we are <laughs> sorry guys yeah um what does this say? Oh, I thought of this the other day. I think there are some days where, so I'm doing this mood tracker thing and, um, I picked, uh, what is it called? I think it's called Dalio. Let me look. It's really cool. I really like it because you can set a timer and it'll prompt you to be like, how are you feeling? And the little guys, yeah, it's called Dalio, like D-A-Y-L-I-O. And, um, the different moods are rad, good meh, uh, bad, and then, like, terrible, and, uh, the day... Oh, those terms really speak to me as a millennial. <laughs> I say rad. I love rad. That That's a Gen X thing, that we're pulling into millennial land, because it's, like, a little bit retro. Yeah, very 90s. Yeah. Um, maybe even 80s, I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe even 80s. Um, but on the day that I was feeling super rad, I was, uh, like, it's almost like I was manic. I, all these ideas were flowing. So the thing that I came up with was exercise love for yourself. You have this muscle inside of you that is the, the not caring what other people think muscle. And so just like, I mean, singing, you have to exercise that like a muscle. You have to practice it. Um, if you want to get stronger in your muscles, like physically, you have to exercise them. And so if you practice exercising, then not caring what other people think about you muscle, that's going to help you on a lot of levels. And then the last thing was, um, stop worrying about things that you can't control. So that's another thing you would have to practice. These are things that you say a lot easier than you can do, but they're all just like, practices um 
like loving yourself that could probably help uh with less that of that severe insecurity because you know yourself better so if if you're so um secure in who you are like i make people laugh i'm funny or i guess that's sort of people pleasing but i like the way my belly looks even though it's not completely flat or um my feet are big and you just know like that's how my body is or whatever it is i'm talking a lot about bodies but i'm intelligent i have a bachelor's of science in biology that means i have some level of intelligence and then so if someone threatens that about you you can say oh there's something wrong with them rather than saying like oh i have to prove yeah i i don't want people to walk away from this thinking that we should just stop caring what other people think because there's nothing for me there's nothing more repulsive than a narcissist who doesn't give a shit what others think or give a shit about others i think a level of common decency and empathy mm-hmm. and goodwill towards others i think that's very crucial and there's not enough of it in this world quite frankly mm-hmm. but that being said there have been times when I, re- I remember there are times when I've realized that this person just doesn't like me and they look down on me. And then somehow in my mind, I was able to stop giving a shit about them. <laughs> and honestly, if it's one of the best feelings in the world, yeah. like I remember there, I, I won't get into specifics, but there have been times when people, you know, had would have a problem with me. And it got to a point where I just gave up on them and I would literally just ignore them when they were in the room. Yeah. And there were times when I could see that they were visibly upset that I was ignoring them. It felt so good. (laughs) Take that, you bastard. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we, we sort of think the world revolves around us and how we think. And so if we're good, um, decent, empathetic people, we if, if we imagine that we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum and just not care about anything ever. And I don't think that that's going to happen if you're already on this end of the spectrum where you're like, you care too much. And so that's something to realize is like, if you feel like you're pushing that edge of uncomfortability, like you're pushing outside of that box of people pleasing and um, living in that space, you're just pushing up on the edge of it i think you're never gonna go to the other end of the spectrum of narcissism and if you do like say you know that that could happen because this isn't science this is purely like my opinion but if you do go to that end of the spectrum you're gonna see what that looks like and then eventually find the balance between the two and also discovering that not everyone is deserving of your love and attention because some people are fucking assholes. Like, they they don't care about you. Like, you don't need to care about them uh, being happy with you. And the less... And, you know, those are probably the kind of people that don't want you to care about them. They're pushing you to that edge. So then the irony is that when you finally, like, let that go is that they'll come to you and they'll be like, oh, wait, like, like me. You know, like, people notice when things change and, and they're like, oh, wait. They didn't. They took it for granted. They didn't realize that they liked your attention. Yeah, I think it's important to know when to be able to get a feeling when someone is worth your time or not, and if they're worth 
investing energy in. And I would say that is especially true if you're in like dating someone. Yeah. Because I mean, that's someone that you're at least theoretically going to be spending a lot or most of your time with. So if there's someone who just is not going to care about you, then you need to go running and don't let the screen door hit your tushy on the way out. (laughs) Yeah. And you're approaching it with understanding and empathy and, um, kindness, you know, like they are an asshole for reasons unknown to you. Everyone is going through something that doesn't mean you have to fix them or you have to make them better. Or I guess that's the same thing, but you don't have to make them like you if they don't have that ability inside of them. And then it's like, you don't have to be mean to them about it. You can be understanding like somewhat they went, they, this is how they were raised. This is how they understand how to treat people. They immediately have to be on the defensive and then you have to, um, I was going to say gloat on them, but I don't think that's the right word, but like don't dote on them, <laughs> that's on them. <laughs> not gloat, but dote on them and float. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, I think it's dote. I think that's the one I'm looking for. But um, whatever it is inside of them that makes them so that they don't show compassion, like how you show compassion, has it's none of your business. But understanding that, like you don't, you're not going to change them. If they're deserving of your compassion, whatever you have to give, then then they'll show you. And if they have a problem with you, let them tell you rather than assuming. I assume everyone has a problem all the time. So I have to go to that place where I'm like, nobody has a problem ever. I like to go to the other end and then, and then make them be assertive and you can start to pick up on, on things that are actually there rather than just facial expressions or things like that, where, you know, if someone, if someone is actually being a jerk, you start to see it. Um, I'm assuming you know the show Family Guy. Of course. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments in Family Guy is um, when Brian, the dog, he finds out that one of uh, Peter Griffin's friends, Quagmire, doesn't like him. <laughs> and so he try, he goes through a, a series of efforts to try and get to the bottom of it or try and get him to change his mind. But they end up going out to dinner together, and he just gets up he just becomes direct with him because how can you not like me and essentially quagmire just destroys brian's whole character like he just <laughs> goes through all the reasons as to why he's a horrible terrible person oh. and it's just it, for me it was a very memorable moment uh i don't know if it's okay but if i could find the clip maybe on youtube maybe we could put it in the sure, show notes because i it. think it's because you can see it from the two points of view on the one hand maybe Brian should not be concerned as to what Quagmire is thinking about him. But on the other hand, what a lot of he's saying is, is very, very accurate. So <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes when people don't like you, you should take that as a, maybe a moment for introspection as it's, well. It's not your problem. in in a lot of cases, like if you can look at yourself and say, I have a belly and that's okay. Or I have big feet and that's okay. And if someone comes up to you and they're like, I don't like your belly. And you're like, well, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. But if you're not secure about it, then it, it you're like, oh, this is a me problem because you already thought it was a you problem. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's the difference between saying, like, if someone calls you stupid, but you know you're smart, it's like, wow, you must not have a very good idea of who I am. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, I think we should be able to look at things and maybe see ourselves as, like, the common denominator. Like, just to use an example, people were always criticizing me for my drinking and yeah. for a long time I was saying, well, that's just a you problem. That's just a you problem. Oh. But you know, there is, if it becomes to be like a pattern and there's more than one person telling me about this, then I, I did have to sit back and say, well, yeah, maybe I do need to change that about myself. Right. And you're a t- an intelligent person and you are very self aware and introspective. So you could see something like that about yourself. There are plenty of people that, people are telling them that they have a drinking problem. They're going to jail. They're getting DUIs. They are ending up practically dead some nights and things like that. And people are telling them and they just never see it. So, yeah. And then, uh, like I'm saying on the, on the other side of things, like just to give a quick example, I, when I was at a job several years ago, there was this manager who's a complete ass to me and he was just always uh making fun of me and always making me feel bad about myself mm-hmm. and i was thinking you know I, I i i just tried to look at it objectively i was like geez am i really this much of a piece of shit like <sighs> i'm really a loser and a, a nerd yeah. and then I, I i sat back and i was like you know i'm friends with literally every single other person at this <laughs> job except for this asshole so i'm going to go ahead and disregard their opinion yeah. and fuck that person yeah. and it was nice the last day of my job when i was walking out he was trying to ask me about something and i literally just ignored him and walked out and he's cr- screaming my name yeah trying to get, come here you will wow. obey me and oh i totally God. just blew him off and treated him like he didn't even exist it, it felt good yeah and i i see that too like once i disregard those type of people I start to see that everyone else is either they'll pick up on it. Like if I talk about it, they're like, Hey, yeah, that guy's super sexist. I don't like the way he talks to me. Like, why am I dealing with this? Or, or they were already doing it. And I just never notice. There's a culture around you in every, in every little microcosm that you participate in and you get wrapped up in it, whatever it is sometimes. And and you forget to, to reflect on like why am i doing this why are we treating this person like this oh uh that's our common enemy and it's not fair to them or you know there aren't enough um guidelines to to tell us what's expected of us and so we we just kind of pick up on whatever people are giving us and there are cruel people in the world unfortunately and they scoop you up that's how cults start uh no but to to kind of add to that uh, I have had this experience in the past where there have been really awful, nasty people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was just kind of walking on eggshells to please them or not make them dislike me even more or whatever. And then I have noticed that more often than not, it just, it does take just that one person to kind of stand up to them and, mm or like blow them off and be like, their opinion is worthless. And then if that person, what I've noticed is if that person really is like a bad person or a toxic person that will set off like a chain reaction to the other people around you and other people will kind of wake up to it too and say, yeah, like we don't care about this person. We don't need to worry about what they think. Like Mm -hmm. fuck them. Yeah. 
So I'm going to read a survey. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is a something shitty, something joyful survey, which, by the way, guys, fill out more surveys because we need more. Okay? We need your surveys. <laughs> we like to talk to you. We like to hear from you. They don't have to be sad. They don't have to be happy. Just pick whatever you want to pick. You could give us relationship advice if you want. Or just you let us just, know you're there. Yeah, write us an email, whatever it is. Oh, voicemail. Those are cool, too. We have that on our website, practicemakespodcast.com, on the Contact Us page. The surveys are on the website as well. And join the group on Facebook so that we can start our goals group. And those goals can be whatever, and I'll work with you on them. Um, and then, Jordy, I'm hoping you'll join in. But, yes, but absolutely. No pressure. I, I, no pressure. <laughs> I need to have more of like a social media presence, but uh. I I don't I try not to have one honestly, but with this I want to. Uh, okay, what shall we call you? Traceface. So I know who this is actually. I like that name. It reminds me of well Dick Tracy, like <laughs> one of the bad guy names. <laughs> Trace French, <laughs> eh? What is something shitty that happened this week, year, month, lifetime, etc.? Can you hear the person splashing out on, in the pool? No. Oh, okay, because they, they sure are splashing out there. All that uh, splashing. Yeah. I live near the pool at my apartment complex. What is something shitty that happened? Okay, I already said that. Our governor held back tears as he was compared to a Nazi. He's Jewish. Nice. Mm. Uh, what is something joyful that happened? It's cheesy, but I had a fun time playing Mario Kart with my husband this week. Was a blast and a good way to forget about all the stuff going on. We would have liked to have known what character they picked. Yeah, geez. Give us more information. <laughs> <laughs> I played the old school version. I liked being Koopa Troopa. Oh, hell yeah. I was Toad, I think. Toad? Also. Nice. Um, I don't think that's cheesy. I think that's great. I yeah, think Mario Kart rocks. It's I'm awesome. really jealous and I wish that I could play Mario Kart, um, but I don't have any gaming systems. No, I don't have a gaming system for Mario Kart. Me and my girlfriend should probably invest in something like that. But There was this one... Oh, what was it called? It was like a... We could play... Um, uh, what's the the game that you could play on Super Nintendo with Mario and everybody and you would like fight each other? Oh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think it's Smash Brothers that you can play that online. On this um, uh, program, let me just see if I have it in my notes. Oh, I wrote this down <laughs> for a band name, Buoyant Butts, because I was watching the ducks like swim in the water, and they had buoyant butts because they would like duck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that would be a good band name? Uh, yes. Point, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but okay well if it's in my notes i can't find it so anyway okay is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest covid19 you suck yeah. <laughs> i think that's something everyone can agree on yeah no one's been giving suggestions and comments to improve the podcast well there has we're to perfect. be something we can improve on guys nope well, thank We're you perfect. for thank you for sharing that survey. Please fill out more surveys, y'all. Thank you, Traceface. Yes, thank you, Traceface. And uh, Jordy, you have a quote. Yes, I unfortunately don't know who this person is. 
I've never heard of them before. <laughs> Veronica Tugaleva, but Ooh. the quote just stuck out to me. I think it fits in nicely with uh, today's episode. The quote goes, if you find yourself craving approval, you are low on self-love. Stop grasping for a few scraps wherever you can. Go home and make yourself a feast. Love yourself deeply today. I love that. Yeah. Maybe it'd be worth looking into who this uh, Veronica Tugaleva is. Yeah. Thanks for finding that. That, uh, that rings true for me. And also, if you've heard of the five love languages, that book, uh, is pretty religious. So I couldn't really get through it because, um, I am not religious, but I love the idea behind it. And there is a uh, place where you can find out what your love languages are, and it'll give you a percentage. And uh, let's see. It's fivelovelanguages.com, and it's the number five. And uh, you can take a quiz and find out what your love language is. And so um, I was thinking, for as far as self-love goes, you could maybe also use these love languages to incorporate into your life, like, I don't love myself. How can I love myself? Oh, my number one love language is acts of service. So how do I give myself acts of service? I know that sounds a little inappropriate, but you could go get a massage. You could, you could buy yourself a massage. That's sort of also a gift. Um, oh, by the way, the five love languages are acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, um, touch. <laughs> I can never remember them all touch can you hear them slashing they're swimming like crazy no i don't hear anything i think you one thing i think you have really really good hearing and (laughs) (laughs) i think you pick up things no i i live right next to the pool the five love language the five love languages are words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch so then maybe you could incorporate that into your how to love yourself thing and then also my ted talk is about that so you can go look at that and it's on the you can find it on the website or i'll link it in the show notes and we and uh join our goals group and yes rate subscribe and review on apple podcasts yes please reach out and let us know you're there and let us know what you're thinking we love hearing from you as always and we uh, hope that you all will tune in next week yeah, in our mini episodes we've been doing with Jordy's talking about international relations and uh, they've been doing really well. So, well, the first one did really well. So we're going to keep doing that. Yep. Let us know what you think. And uh, if you like it, hate it. Or if there's anything uh, specific subjects you'd like me to touch in on, I'll try and offer what meager knowledge I can. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.